I'm Mina Starziak-Hawk, and this is Mina AF, where I answer all of your questions and you can ask me anything. Can we talk about money? Can you still breastfeed with implants? You're both boss moms, and I'd love to know the story of how you met. Literally anything any of you want to hear. Listen as we build a community and get to know each other better. This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, you guys. Hope you had a lovely Monday. We're getting so close to the holidays. Happy Tuesday and welcome back to another episode of Nina AF. This is the last one before a little bit of a break. Uh, We have been recording since January of last year. So this is Nina AF's one year birthday. I want to thank you guys so, 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 so much. Literally, you listening is the only reason that this can happen. We're growing slowly but surely, so if any of y'all want to do something nice for me for Christmas, phone a friend, tell them to listen to me to AF, Um, but kind of as a thank you for such an awesome year, I am going to do a questions and answers episode from the voicemail box. You guys know the routine. You just click the link. Uh, You can leave a voicemail. It can be anonymous. You can say who you are. You can say literally whatever you want. Um, You can be a weirdo. We'll, We'll probably read your question or statement. And I also want to say thank you because so many of you don't click the voicemail box because you have a question. You just click it to say nice things. And not a lot of people do that. You usually only get like the people uh, giving the bad reviews that go through the effort of actually reaching out. So you guys have been awesome. Thank you for such an amazing year. Um, And today's episode, we're going to talk about all kinds of fun stuff, including but not limited to infidelity psychics and who in my life is persona non grata. So we're going to roll right into it. Hey, Mina, it's Olivia. I am a huge fan of your show and I love listening to your podcast. It is something that I look forward to every week. Now I do have kind of a personal question. Personally, I've been dealing with demons lately of trusting my partner as being faithful. He says he is, there's nothing to worry about, but I wanted to ask from female to female, with your husband being in the personal trainer business and being close to women and making connections and friendships, how do you stay trusting and knowing that he is faithful? Thanks for listening. Olivia, that is tough. And it is a very personal like question and answer. Not, not that it's too personal for me to talk about personally, but it's so situation specific. I think overall, we have women's intuition for a reason. 100% a lot of us have baggage from our childhood or past relationships that can you know, skew our vision of someone new that's not the person that's maybe lost our trust. That being said, also, you kind of just know. I, I'll i get into you know, Steve and I, but I have been no stranger to being cheated on. I had a boyfriend 
actually, I had the boyfriend, I think, a couple times, but he cheated on me a lot. And this was like post-college, so my like my early 20s. And I just, you know, the weird about the phone and all these little things where, you know, he'd, he'd look at a text, but like put it away really quickly or, you know, never really left his phone anywhere that could be seen. It was always like face down if we were eating somewhere, just things. And then just like that gut feeling. And um, one of the nights I had like stayed over, I woke up super early and I just had this awful feeling. And the thing that sucks is like, you don't want to be that girl. Like you don't want to go through someone's phone. You don't want to get in someone's business because you want to think that you can trust everyone. But how do you know if you can trust them or not if you don't break their trust and go through their shit? So there's not a good answer there. Really, as an adult, I would reflect and say, if I felt like I didn't trust the person so much that I needed to go through their things, it's a relationship I shouldn't be in anyways. But being you know, 22, whatever I was, I got up, he was asleep, and I took his phone and went downstairs and went through it. And there was all kinds of texts and all kinds of pictures. And I didn't say anything. I went and put his phone back. Um, I didn't have my car, so I called someone to come pick me up and I went and sat on the front porch and waited for my ride. And while I was waiting, at some point he came out and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to go. Um, he's like, what, why, what are you doing? Like, what, what, talk to me, like, what is going on? I was like, no, we're not even going to have the conversation because everything that's coming out of your mouth is going to be a lie. I'm really not interested in hearing the lies. You broke my trust. So we're done. And I, you know, he just kept talking, 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 talking. Cause that's what you do when you're losing. You keep talking and try to talk your way out of it, which usually you just talk your way further into a hole. But I left and that was just the end of that. And, uh, it's really hard. Not only that whole struggle of like trust and losing someone's trust and breaking their trust to find out that they're lying to you. Um, But processing that after the fact, because, you know, once the floodgates open, it's just like all these coming out of the work work, friends who knew about it, friends of friends who knew about it, who knew like the other girls he was cheating on me with, all these things. And my struggle in my brain was, and it was actually, it was actually clarifying because it took it outside of me. Because I think a lot of times we can say like, what am I doing wrong? What am I not giving enough of? Um, am I not being supportive enough? Am I not being like sexual enough? Whatever it is. But these girls he was cheating on me with were all, look, I'm not, don't mean to toot my own horn, but I think I'm like, I'm cute. I'm a catch. He was a skateboarder and like did graffiti guys. This was an interesting phase of my life. And it was all like graffiti rats who would like follow these guys around and were just obsessed with them. It was very weird. I don't really understand it, but it was confusing for me because I was like, look, I'm cuter than that girl. Like, I'm more successful. I've got more going for me. Like, I'm really smart. I think I'm super funny. Like, what the F? Like, why? If you're going to cheat on me, like, like, go up a step, bro. But that was very clarifying because I was like, this isn't about me. Like, he's got a lot of demons he's dealing with. And I'm just, you know, I'm just wreckage in, in him trying to figure out, like, what he is doing in his life. Um, and he had, you know trust issues. And like my dad's not always been the most amazing husband. So I definitely have those things. So I can see Olivia where it's a really tricky situation 
fast forward to a Steve and I, you're not the only person that's asked this because we do both have very forward facing lives and lives where, you know, I, I'm too old for the like, well, I slid into their DMs and that's how we got to know each other and started dating and whatever. I, I was, you know, already married by the time people started sliding into people's DMs. But Steve and I were actually talking about this the other day. Like I get messages all the time. Surprisingly, he doesn't, he said. He doesn't get that many messages. He gets women like in person that hit on him when I'm not with him. With Actually, so he was at his buddy's pool over the summer, who's a, a single dad. Um, and he was there with the kids and he got hit on by a gal in the pool because I wasn't there. But we were at the park this past summer and like he was pushing Jack and I was running around somewhere on the other side of the park with Charlie. I don't know. We must have looked more like brother and sister or friends, I guess, than husband and wife um, at the time. And this woman that was there with her baby, like when I walked away from the boys, said something to Steve about like, you know, asking if he was single or whatever it was. And he was like, no, that's actually my wife over there. And then the woman quickly left. So those things happen. And I think if you're not in a solid place, that can like really, really, really mess with people's heads and mess with relationships. And we both, Steve and I both have had, have had his like pasts where people have cheated on us. His stuff isn't really mine to tell, but like a pretty big heartbreak that was, you know, a serious relationship. And so we both have the ability to go there if we're not in a good place. But I really think it's about knowing your partner and communication. And if you think there's something weird, even being able to talk about the weird thing, like, hey, this might be in my head. But I'm noticing X, Y, Z, and it makes me really uncomfortable. And that is an opportunity for the other person, like maybe to get upset with you. But it's also an opportunity for the other person to support their person because they're getting triggered. So, you know, for example, Steve, I, you know, I'm I'm having some flashbacks. I feel like it it might just be in my head, but you've been kind of weird with my, with your phone and you've been a little like secretive of it. And I, it's just, it's triggering me, like, and I just want to, like, put it out there because it's triggering me. I want to talk about it. And that's an opportunity for Steve to say a couple things because we even talked about this. He's like, well, around the holidays, like, I'm ordering stuff. Like, I be like I need to hide my phone because the Amazon messages pop up and, you know, whatever it is. So maybe that's the reason. Or maybe there's no reason. Maybe it's, you know, your, your partner's going to say, like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And you can say, like, I get it. It's probably in my head. There are a couple things that would really help me like get out of my head on that. If you could do X, Y, Z, like if you set your phone down, just leave it face up. Like I know that's a silly thing probably to ask, but it's going to help me so much not have this anxiety. And there are definitely relationships where that conversation would start like a huge, huge, huge fight. But I always feel like if it starts a fight, then there's something bigger going on. Like if I were to say to Steve, I'm in my feels about this. I know this is irrational, but can you, uh, God, I can't even think of what, but let's say when you plug your phone in at night, leave it face up, whatever. Um, he would be like, I mean, yeah, I don't really think about which direction I put it up at night, but if that's going to help, like, yeah, sure. I'll leave it face up. Whereas if he had something to hide, he would get very defensive. He would probably come back and attack me and be like, you're being crazy. That's where you get into the whole like gaslighting language. Like you're being crazy. Why are you being so sensitive? This is so weird. And whether or not that kind of feedback means that they are or they aren't being in 
like unfaithful, that's a partner that's not being supportive of you and your needs, even if your needs are irrational because we're humans and a lot of our needs are. So I think thinking through that, just understanding why you're getting triggered, talking to your partner about your triggers in a way that gives them the opening to be able to help you without feeling like they're admitting some guilt that they maybe don't have. Um, And I think another technique that anytime it's a difficult conversation, whether it's with family or friends or Steve, giving some room to think, because you've probably been thinking about this, Olivia, for a long time. You've probably been stewing on it and boiling on it and feeling crazy about it. And it maybe has never crossed your partner's mind. So giving them some time to reflect is also helpful. So presenting a conversation kind of where you say, I don't expect you to have like a great initial response to this. I've been thinking about it for a long time and it's been rolling around in my brain. So I want to get it out so you can process what I'm saying. And then maybe we can chat about it this evening or tomorrow. And that's the opportunity to say, you know, for whatever reasons, I'm, you know, I'm dealing with some demons and I don't want to, you know, say you're doing anything or you're not, but these are some things that are triggering me. And I've been trying to figure out how to deal with them internally. And I really think it's going to be helpful to get them out. So, you know, I'm dealing with these demons so we can work together on how to work through them. Um, And, you know, it's, it's, it's just a weird dynamic. I think Steve knows for us, it's like, who has time? Who has time to be unfaithful? Like we can barely get our lives together as it is. But, you know, there are plenty of people in jobs and situations just like ours that I, I'm always shocked how they find the time to have a full-on additional relationship. Um, so staying trusting, I think first you have to stay trusting of yourself and your gut and knowing at your core what you feel and believe and what you deserve. And then once you are solid inside, I think you can project that outwardly and then deal with whatever comes back. And if it is gaslighting, you know, my prayers are with you, Olivia. That is hard. Um, but then I think maybe it's a bigger conversation about uh, you know, the relationship if your partner can't meet you where you are, even if it's irrational, and try to support you. Because um, I think Steve and I have worked really hard to get good at that, to say what I'm saying right now probably doesn't make sense to you for a lot of reasons. I've been thinking about it for a long time, and this is what I need, and I'm hoping you can help me with it, even if. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have different stressors, some big, some small, that we carry around and that really weigh us down. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to have a negative effect on us. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever it is that's weighing you down. For me, therapy has been so helpful, really learning those positive coping skills and to be the best version of myself. I know myself better and how to set the right boundaries that really work for me. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, then give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, and it's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Mina AF today to get 10% off your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina A-F. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It doesn't make sense to you. Um, And it takes work to get there. So, yeah, I don't know if that was helpful or not. I hope it was, Olivia. It was a heavy one to start the episode with. We're going to roll right into the next question that's from Wendy about psychics. Hi, Mina. This is Wendy. This is actually a message more for Steve. Um, but I've been listening to your podcast, kind of binging it, and I've, um, listened to the parts about his loss and grief. And I recently lost my father too, um, in 2021 and we were super, super close. And since then I have met with a, um, psychic out of Los Angeles, psychic medium, and his name is AJ Barrera. And I met with him just a few months after my dad passed. And then again, like a year later. So I've met with him twice. And I am telling you that he communicated things to me that only I would know about. And it was truly like an amazing experience. So I don't, and I actually did it through Zoom both times. So I don't know if. So, you know, we cut off there, but would you ever try a psychic is the question. I think it would be super cool. And I I think Steve would do it too. I think you just have to take it with a grain of salt because I think there are some people that are very good at reading people like, and then giving them what they need. That's why cults exist (laughs) because you have these very intuitive um, people that are, that just attract this energy. That being said, I think there definitely probably are some people in some places where like the veil between life, death, this world, another world, like it's, it's thinner, um, for some people. And I think some places in the world, like it's real thick in the city, it's busy. There's no time for your brain to even try to connect with anything. But I, um, did this, God, how long ago was this? It was before Steve, And it was after my like serious boyfriend before Steve and I broke up. Um, So I was in this like very transitional place and I went and saw this woman and I don't know if she was a psychic. I think it was psychic and something like, you know, talked a lot about past lives and uh, you can like, you, you can record like voice memo the session. So we did that and I took notes and I went into it very dubious. So a lot of times you're giving a fake psychic like the answers to their questions because they're like, I see a baby. And you're like, well, I mean, I haven't, I, I don't have a baby. I just, I see a baby. Oh, well, I had a miscarriage. Yes, that's what's, ha-. you know, like that kind of thing. Um, 
where you're kind of, you're leading them. So there, it was, it was weird because I feel like there are some things that she said and saw, and I was told that felt like, like legitimate, the veil is thinner. You're seeing and understanding something that I'm not. But then a lot of it too, that was like, you could say this to anyone and it would apply. So, but I am always open, um, 100%. I think it's very interesting. Um, and I think if you go into it with the right attitude, not like this is this is Bible, like whatever this person says, I'm going to go by because then you're just giving someone else control of your life. But I think whether it's like real, real or not, I think it sometimes can help provide some clarity and direction for people and or just some closure. Um, and that can be super, super powerful. Uh, so, so yeah, I've, I've kind of talked to a psychic. I don't know if Steve ever has you guys and I'm going to have to ask him. Um, but I think he would be, be down. Hi, Mina. We just wrapped up your series finale and my wife and I both thought that the last few episodes, you didn't appear much in it. I was wondering if that's by design or, or what? would have liked to see you on the series finale a little bit more. We're going to miss your show. Good things to come, I hope. Thank you so much first for you and your wife watching um, and the kind words. Um, I'm glad you guys enjoyed the show. It was it was a big chunk of my life, so that means a lot. I think I've talked about this before, but I don't see anything until you guys see it. So I, you know, my opinion on edits or storyline or anything like that is not asked. Um, I think it was actually like in my contract that you specifically don't get an opinion, um, which leaves a lot of, um, I mean, you know, it's in the hands of the production company uh, and really the network, like what story they're trying to tell. Um, And the last few episodes definitely felt different than the whole eight seasons. Um, So I see why they felt different for you guys, because they felt different for me as well. And I wish I knew why. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I think anytime you're kind of wrapping something up, it can be a challenge. Like, what stories do we want to focus on? What are we telling? What What are we trying to potentially set up for the future? All those kind of things. And when you don't know the answer to most of those questions, um, I think it can be confusing. And I think ours probably was for a lot of people too. Um, But, you know, there were definitely um, the the storylines through the last few episodes definitely had some things in them that, you know, I was seeing for the first time when you guys were. Um, And that's all part of what you sign up for. Um, You know, I, for like Good Bones Risky Business, I was um, one of the producers. So I had more input. You know, I'm, I I pitched like the show and the storyline. So I had a lot more input in it. But when Good Bones started, obviously that, that was not the case. So it's just a different kind of back end setup that, you know, honestly, I just can't really go a ton into. So that's not super helpful, Steve. But one of the other questions Heidi was asking, I've gotten this a handful of times and it doesn't seem like sexy enough to answer, but because we're talking at the show, I'm going to drop in Heidi's question. Hi, my name is Heidi, and I was watching the show 
today where Tad finishes his house and uh, asks his, his girlfriend to marry him. And it hit me. What did you or what are you doing with all of the things that you staged the houses with? The tables and plants and all of that. Did you, are you holding on to them for houses that you're working on in the future? Um, I was just curious as to what you were doing with all of that. So the staging of the house, this is, this is funny. So before the show, I had, you know, the same couch and occasional chair, the same coffee table, um, blow up mattress on paint cans. It would move from house to house because I was only doing like a couple houses a year. So it's the exact same staging because if you saw the last house, you're probably not going to see the next house. So it didn't matter that it was the same staging couch. And then obviously when the show started, you can't do that. That's incredibly boring. Y'all don't want to see that. Um, so it really challenged me to grow in a huge way as a designer, not just like a home renovator. But the things that go in the houses, it's it's a collection, y'all. It might be a chair we stole from my house, a side table we took from MJ's, you know, some things we bought from Target that hopefully we don't break so we can return. You know, shout out to Ikea that got that 365 return policy. <laughs> so there's a lot of that. And then when we find things, like if I find something that I really, really love from one of our vendors for the store that, that I can't return, We'll buy it, we'll use it for the staging, and then we'll put it in the store to sell. All that being said, if we actually have buyers that are buying the house, the majority of the stuff in the home is available to them to purchase. So, you know, let's say we bought it from a vendor for $600. Usually what we'll do is give them like the the homeowner a slight discount because it's going to save us some time and some trouble having to move it out, having to repack it, having to return it, whatever that is. So uh, I think for me, like when I was doing my house for the show, I was like, everything going into my house is staying. We're not putting fancy art. We're not putting, you know, chairs I can't afford. It's all staying here. Because if you can figure out a way to afford it and leave it just as is on the show, like that is, it's worth every penny and like angst having to put the house back together. Because my house, like, Everything was exactly so. And if I had had to undo that and then try to redo it by myself in that short amount of time under the same budget, it just wouldn't be feasible. Like there's a whole team that goes into making the houses look amazing. So it's really to the homeowner's benefit to, to, you know, to try to keep as much of that stuff as they can. And a lot of people ask, you know, well, why isn't it just included? Particularly in the neighborhoods we work in, appraisals already are hit or miss. So let's say we're selling a house for $200,000. That's the value of the house. You have to get a bank to come in and say, yes, this is worth whatever their loan to value ratio is, you know, 80%. We'll loan 80% on it. Then you want to try to throw in another 15 grand of furniture. So now you're saying the value of the home, because you can't count the value of the stuff inside, is worth $315,000. So you're inflating the value of the home and wanting an appraisal to come in and support it. And where there are definitely certain areas where you can roll things into the price of the house because appraisals are steady enough. Fountain Square, Bates Hendricks, Old South Side just really unfortunately aren't one of those. We have done it in the past, but we've had to write the contracts in a way. So, you know, purchase price is $215,000. And then we write an addendum that says, should the appraisal come in low, buyer agrees in advance 
to reduce the price and forfeit the the items in the house up to $15,000. So that way, if the appraisal comes in only at $200,000, we've already negotiated with the buyer. Okay, we tried. The appraisal didn't support all the things in the house. So we're pre-agreeing that the sale's not going to fall apart just because the furniture wasn't able to be rolled in. And then you can kind of go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what things do you really want to keep and, and do a transaction outside of the closing? But it's it's tricky. I wish, I love Drew and Jonathan Scott. I love the Property Brothers. I love everything they do. And they have some really, really amazing brand relationships that they have um, you know, made over the last decades that they've been in this. So like some of their shows, they do have these amazing opportunities where, you know, Wayfair is a sponsor. So they deck out the house and furniture and then it all just gets to stay. Um, and I would love, I would love to be able to do that someday, um, you know, and be at that level. But unfortunately, that is just not the current situation. So I hope um, that answered that question for you. So this is another show question. Hello, Nina. My name's Olivia. I'm from Youngstown, Ohio. Um, I love you. I'm a huge fan of you, your husband, your whole family. Um, I'm going to miss the show so much. Um, But I do have a question. Watching the last episode, it was such a nice, nice episode with Chad. Was it awkward for you to watch that back with the terms that you guys are on? Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's. Interesting watching the episodes back period, particularly over the years. Like if anyone hasn't seen the show, I'm like, well, maybe start at season five, skip one through four. They were a hot mess. Um, But it definitely is weird because as I said earlier, I don't see any of the things like obviously I'm there filming, but we film, we were filming full time. So Monday through Friday, full time almost every day of the year, except, you know, holidays and stuff. So with that much filming and it gets whittled down to, you know, 10, 42 minute episodes, there's so many things that you like forget that even happened or that, you know, happened that like didn't make the cut. And so sometimes I'll be watching things and I'm like, oh my God, I, I totally did not know that I said that or did that, or I forgot that that happened because so much has happened Usually when you guys are seeing the episodes, um, the filming was anywhere from four to, you know, eight, nine, ten months prior, which is why Jack and Charlie look so little in so many of the episodes. We've got a long, uh, like, lag time for when the shows actually get edited and would come out. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely interesting watching it back. Um, And watching the interactions and the the relationships because I think a lot of what we consume, whether it's TV or social media or the people we surround ourselves in our lives with, are an active choice. So what is bounced back to us is, is kind of what we want to see. And there was a lot of interesting feedback once it was a little bit more public that my mom and I have had some pretty significant struggles from people watching the show and saying, you know, you guys have such a great relationship. It's inspirational to me. You know, it it makes me want to mend my relationship with my mom or my sister or my daughter or whatever that is to someone being able to watch the exact same clip, for example, and say, wow, you can really see that there's tension between those two. Um, 
So it's all a matter of perspective and it's, it is very interesting once the information is there, once the narrative is changed, how other people see the narrative and it plays out in their head. Um, but yeah, a hundred percent there was, um, I'm going to get into, uh, the next question about who is persona non grata, but, uh, filming at that time because I had to put my big girl pants on and that was my job no matter how hurt I was or angry I was like that's the job and fortunately it's one of the things I'm good at it's definitely not I can compartmentalize like a mofo you guys I can put that in a box that I can deal with it when the time is ready or I could never deal with it again I can put it in a box forever And that serves me very well sometimes. It also is a huge challenge in maintaining relationships and being open. And it's it's good and bad. It's very it's a functional skill to have and one that I've used various times throughout my life. You know, whether that's a job I didn't like, like, okay, whatever. I need a paycheck. Put the manager I hate that is, you know, the worst person in the world and talks down to everyone. You're in a box, you're over there, I'm doing my job. Whether it's that or you know, finishing out this last season in a really stressful environment that just was not full of a whole lot of positivity. Um, It is awkward to watch back. Um, And always interesting to see how other people interpret it based on where they're at in their life and their relationships and things like that. Um, And I think while... I definitely don't dive into the comments or, uh, you know, take as, as much of things to heart as I did when we started because you just can't do that. You'll go crazy. Um, I think a lot of people forget that, like, I can see there's a Facebook Good Bones followers group. Like, I'm in the group. So when you're like, Mina's kind of a bitch. Like, I can see that, guys. And if you think that, that's fine. But also, so many people say things that they would never say to my face because you can be, you know, you can puff your chest on social media. You don't have to stand behind what you're saying. You don't even have to be a real like human. You know, you, you can make up a profile, which I absolutely hate, but I could go down the rabbit hole on that. Um, but yeah, point being Olivia, it, it is awkward. Um, it's awkward on like the grand scheme of things too for like seeing my transitions over the last 10 years from like, I had like a baby face when I started and like chubby cheeks and, and, you know, bright eyes and, you know, the, how we all changed so much physically, emotionally, like mentally over the last 10 years. And you can kind of see it all happening, watching the episodes back. Um, Awkward, but also I think an amount of insight that not a lot of people can go back and 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 get because your life isn't recorded. You know, most people's lives aren't. Um, so yeah, definitely awkward. Going to do a couple more questions. So the next question is from Brenda. Hi, Mina. It's Brenda Gordon. Um, I love listening to your podcast and I've been trying to stay in tune with everything and what's going to be happening next, which you're not for sure about on you. 
and where the main characters have landed. Um, I don't know if I missed it or not, but what is Corey going to be going to do now? Love listening to you. Thanks for listening to me. What's up with Corey? I see you guys don't follow each other on Instagram anymore. Are you still friends? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So there's been enough questions about Corey that I'm going to try to address this in a respectful way. Again, understanding that I have a platform that he maybe doesn't have. Corey and I are not on speaking terms. Um, I am positive that there are things he feels like um, I did to him. And there I've, I've known him since he was 11 and I've always had a soft spot for him. And there was just a couple things that happened towards the end that I personally decided that I can't move on from and that I don't just don't want that energy in my life. I've got a lot of amazing people. Um, and part of that means not you know, not hate following or not anger following. Like, let me see what this person's doing. Like so many people on social media follow people just because they like want to see them fail or fall down or look fat in a picture or whatever it is. And I'm just not interested in that. I don't want other people to do it to me. If y'all don't like me, please, please, please unfollow. Don't hate follow me. So I just kind of wanted to separate that out from my world. And he probably wanted to do the same. And it's super bummer. Um, because I have historically had a, a great relationship with Corey. And when things end, particularly like they did, um, you know, people's colors just show a little more, which is a blessing because then I have the choice to make a different choice. Um, and so that's what I did. So that is all we're going to talk about that. But thank you guys for asking. I really do value you as like a listener pool. So I want to answer the questions that you guys have. I just always kind of want to try to make sure that I'm doing it in a way that A is acknowledging this is 100% just my version. This is my life. This is my story. And I'm sure I'm an active participant in some negative storylines that other people have as well. Um, so just want to acknowledge that while I'm sharing my stuff, it's not the whole story. I don't even know the whole story. There is a whole story. Um, So yeah, there's that. Okay. We uh, are going to end with a question from Maureen from Germany. Hi, Mina. This is Maureen from Germany. And I just want to let you know, I love your podcast and your show. Uh, I'm a girl in construction. I had plastic surgery before, so I really enjoy listening to you. And please never shut the F up. So I have a question. You mentioned you went to a bathroom on a construction, something with a bag of beef jerk, and you started crying because everything was so 
busy and weird at this point. So it happens to me all the time, especially at work, when I'm surrounded by men and they all think you don't know anything, you cannot do anything because you're a girl. And sometimes I go into my car and cry my eyeballs out. And I just want to ask you, like, how are you feeling after that? Because I'm realizing usually, like, I'm so tough. I'm so strong. Why am I even crying? Why am I even crying? Because a man told me something. So, yeah, this is my question, actually. And, yeah, please... Never stop doing your thing because I really enjoy it. And I love how open and honest you are. So to answer your question, Maureen, it's just a tough world. Like even now, even not doing it with the camera in front of me all the time, I am just struggling so hard to find, like there has to be a good way to do this. There has to be a better way to do this. Like all these dudes still just treat me like I don't know anything. Like I got a lecture from one of my contractors two months ago about how if I would just step aside and stop trying to micromanage, they would get it done. So kind of out of spite, I was like, okay, I'll do that. And the house doesn't look any different than it did two months ago, which is super frustrating. And there's no, there's no way that I've found as a woman to be able to say, See, yeah, MFR, like, no, the problem is not me micromanaging. The problem is not me not being a woman all up in your shit. The problem is your processes aren't in place. So if your processes aren't in place, I'm going to put some in because I need to get shit done because that's what we do. Like women, granted, there are a hundred bajillion men that are good at getting shit done too. But I'm telling you, there's just something like innately different with a woman. Like you give her a list, she's going to do 12 of the things at the same time and do them all, get them done. It's going to be an hour. And then she's going to move on to something else. And it's it just, we're just good at that. We're good at, well, Steve doesn't believe anyone's really good at multitasking because <laughs> I say I am. But we get shit done. Um, and there have been moments for sure all the time where I just feel like, what's the point? Like, why am I beating my head against this brick wall? The dudes I work with don't want my, what I have to offer here, the People who are buying the homes have, you know, I don't even know. They're just opinions. Everyone has everyone has so many negative opinions. And I'm trying to do something that I love doing and doing it in a good way, in a productive way, in a positive way. And it is really hard sometimes when you feel like you're just surrounded by people saying you're not doing it right, you're not doing it best. You're not doing it. You're not managing it in the way you should. Um, when you really feel like you are and you know what you're talking about. Um, but just because you're a girl, you don't. And there are definitely constructions, one of those fields. I'm sure there's, you know, pockets of the tech industry are like that. Um, and there's no crying in construction. So, yeah, sometimes you got to go in your car or in the porta potty. Um, and just have a moment and kind of regain some clarity and and move on. And it sucks. Like, why can't you just be a normal human and, and a normal field? Like, why do I have to think so hard and work so hard just to be perceived right? Whether or not I'm doing the job right, the working hard to be perceived right by other people in the field is effing exhausting. And my project manager, Brittany, and I, like, we lament about this all the time because 
contractors just don't do what they're going to say they're going to do. Don't follow through. Don't meet their own timelines that they set and then reset. And then like to be able to say, why are you pissed? Like, why are you angry? Like, I'm getting stuff done. Like, oh, it's just because it's two chicks. Like, they're hard to work for. They're they're um, emotionally volatile. Like, whatever it is. Like, no, yes, right now I am pissed. And I am emotionally volatile because I've given you seven chances to do your job and you haven't done it. And the fun thing that dudes like to tell me is, like, don't give me shit. Like, I'm doing you a favor. Like, I jumped in here quick. I did this. I'm like, no, no, no. There are no favors. You provide a skill and a trade, and I pay you for that. You're doing no one favors. If you don't want the job, don't take the job. And as you can tell, these things might be happening currently because I'm having some very strong emotions about them. Um, but it's just, it, it, it feels pointless a lot. It feels like I'm screaming into a tunnel, bashing my head against a brick wall and it's not changing. And I don't have good advice because so many days I just feel like, screw it. I like, I just want to quit. Like I, I want to do something different, something easier where I'm not fighting people all day, every day to respect me and respect my skill set and my education. I am always down to learn more. I learn new things every freaking day. But I also already have a lot to offer and it's just exhausting trying to convince people of that. Ideally, you would put yourself in a room where you're not having to convince people of that. I haven't found that room yet with construction and I hope it exists. I would love to be part of it and that is my goal moving forward you know, not doing 13 houses at once and having to move at the speed of light, which results in a lot of subpar decision-making on everyone's part. So what I want to do moving forward is be able to achieve that like mental, emotional work stability so I can enjoy what I do again and enjoy the relationships I make in what I do and figure out like, is there, is there room for this where it can all work and go together and we can have respectful relationships and strong projects. Um, I haven't found it yet. And being strong is annoying and it's exhausting. There's all these like memes, whatever, gifts on Instagram that pop up on my account that's like, you're so strong. It's like, I don't want to be strong. I would like to be able to just be normal. Like, I don't want to be extra strength here. Like, let's just all be normal humans so I can be a normal human and not feel like I have to be extra all the time. Because being strong is exhausting. And women, as women in male-dominated industries, that's just what you have to be all the time. Whether that's strong being thick-skinned, whether that's strong being firm in your convictions, whether that's strong in like physically being able to do the job, you just have to be strong all the time. While a lot of the dudes in the same field just have to physically be strong. They don't have to be strong in their business practices or their scheduling ability or their follow through. And it just effing sucks and it's not fair. So I'm sorry that you can share my feelings there. That's not a great place to be, but I'm going to really try to not stop doing what I'm doing and saying what I'm saying. Um, because if it helps just a couple people, I think it's worth it. Um, So yeah, so thank you guys so much for, like I said, this last year, there's so many voicemails that are just kind words 
which you just don't get a lot nowadays. So I really, really appreciate that you guys help counteract all the Karens and trolls on social media. You're my people. You are the the group that I really want to cater the next chunk of my life towards developing a stronger relationship with, whether that's, you know, on the podcast, um, with the home renovations, with Two Chicks District Co., you know, just moving forward away from the people that followed because of the version that they got to see for the last 10 years, but that aren't really interested in the version that I am today. So thank you guys for being here for it. Like I said, if you want to do anything nice for me for Christmas, tell your friends about me in AF. Try to get them to listen. Um, make sure you're following and subscribing. I don't know which different ones you do it on what, but there's like a checkbox and there's a plus. Just make sure you've hit those things. Um, and we're going to be down for a few weeks so I can have a little bit of a break with the family over the holidays and you guys can do the same, but we're going to roll out with just a lovely little Christmas voicemail and until the new year, I'll see you in a few Tuesdays. Thank you guys. Good morning, Nina. Rochelle from Fort Lauderdale calling again. Just wanted to let you know, I spent nine days in Atlanta and flew from Fort Lauderdale to Atlanta on Southwest, which is the connecting flight to Indianapolis. And there was a whole bunch of people that had just gotten off the cruise ship. And I sat with them. The one people said, because of course I said, oh, you come from my favorite TV show. You know, what's that? Oh, Good Bones. Oh, we love Nina. We've seen her and Steve and the kids out at restaurants, and she was just lovely to us. That made me feel so good. And it should make you feel good that the people in your town and everybody that has ever met you has said the same thing, because I always ask. Okay? Next thing is, it's 30 years tomorrow that my dad's gone. He died when I was 32. My mother died 17 years later. Hits men differently when their dads die than when women lose their moms. It's different. Sorry about that. I'm out walking the dog. So I just wanted to let you know. Hug Steve. Hold him. Men are much more vulnerable than they want us to believe. We all know that. And I will be praying for him. I'm a Catholic like you. You know, I don't even go to church anymore. But I'm still Catholic. So, um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.